Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale High AV Club. I'm Ezra. And I'm Megan. <laughs> we're fancy today. <laughs> Are we fancy today? I don't know. It sounded like you were being fancy. <laughs> welcome to the Riverdale to High AV Club. I'm Ezra. And I'm Megan. I guess being fancy just means you're talking slower. <laughs> it's some Team Rocket vibes. Honestly, yeah. Who's fancier than them? I mean, James with no the one. rose in his teeth is the height of fancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesse's little crop top thing that she has. Yeah. I, I it's great. I did see some very good fan art the other day of them, like, as a couple. I mean, you know, you always see that. But uh-huh. it was, like, them as a couple with their kids, and it was just very wholesome for some reason. Aw, that's adorable. Yeah, I'll have to send that one to you. <laughs> I would like to see that. But, Megan, we're, we're not here to talk about Pokemon fan fiction. Wait, this isn't our Pokemon fan cast? No. Unfortunately, we haven't launched uh, the... Was Poke it? High AV Club. <laughs> I was trying to think of one of the towns from Pokemon. Palatown AV Club would have <laughs> yeah. been something, at least. But I just was TM, like... TM, TM, <laughs> Exactly. That's legal now. That's ours. Uh-huh. Um, no, we haven't launched that yet. This is We're still in our, our uh, flagship podcast. This is where we talk about Archie. Podcast Prime, you podcast might say. Prime, exactly. Our main timeline podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where we talk about all things Archie. That good, good redhead. Exactly. And I will say right off the bat, though, I actually don't have a lot of things to talk about concerning Archie. (laughs) We're going to establish really firmly that this is our Archie (laughs) podcast, and in this episode we're not going to talk about Archie. Well, not not a lot about Archie. He will make an appearance. um, Well, he has to. That's in the contract that we've signed with Archie. Who lives in my house. He didn't really give us much of a choice, you know. Um, but we did sign the contract, so I guess that is on us. Now, have um, I told you about my wood paneling, Ezra? Um, I don't know. Have you? It, this room I'm sitting in has some fun wood paneling. Okay. That, of course, has been painted white sure. over the years, as that happens. <laughs> yes. And, you know, like, wood paneling, there's, there's cracks in it. Right. Like, where the oh. wood panels aren't flush. Right. And sometimes when I'm sitting here recording this podcast, I just see eyes behind them. Huh. Just quickly for a moment, and a flash of that fiery orange hair. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I'm amazed you can sleep at night, you. Megan. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. This is why we need to stick to the contract, that's right. Yeah. No, it's we fair. We can't violate. We, we do know what will upset him, and we just have to stay away from that, I guess. You know? Yes. Um, so, it one of the things that keeps him happy is a contractually obligated one mention or discussion per episode, but before we get to that, um, we... we have something a little bit different to talk about today. Um, Megan... This is going to be a classic mm-hmm. of, We're going to talk the, all about digest. Elon Musk. Is... <laughs> 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 Although I and do wh- just want to get on my high horse real quick and just say, I'm tired of this guy. I'm very sick yeah. of Elon Musk. But I, I actually mentioned Elon Musk because he's all about <laughs> Mars, right? Like, that's his thing. His yes. whole jam is getting people onto Mars. Um, uh-huh. But, Megan, did you ever think about maybe people from Mars coming to Earth? 
What? What are you talking about, Ezra? Well, I'm, of course, talking about Cosmo the Merry Martian. Um, the Martian? The Martian. It, I will <laughs> confess. That was such a bad joke. I apologize. <laughs> no, don't. You can't. <laughs> it's contextually... We'll just start making up weird things that are in the contract now. <laughs> yeah, you can't apologize for bad jokes. It's in the contract. Oh, um, shit. But no, I I will confess that it took me a very long time to realize that Martian referred specifically to someone from Mars. I thought it was just like vague alien. But yes. um, no, it's specifically someone from Mars. And in this case, it's a very specific, God, specific someone, someone from yeah. Mars. Yeah. Um, Cosmo. You know, can, I, I've done a bit of the research here on Cosmo the Merry Martian, but... I know that you have a passing familiarity with the comic and some of the characters. Now, yeah, can... I have not read any of these in many years. Mm-hmm. I specifically didn't reread them because I kind of wanted a fresh take sure. on this information you're giving me. Yes. And I do remember him looking kind of like a sperm. He does <laughs> look kind of like a is sperm. That something I made up? Not, okay. not terribly, no. I mean... It's yeah, so, like a little white teardrop kind of shape. It's if, if it was like a sperm with like a bit of a fatter tail, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't like quite like a uh, tadpole kind of thing. Yeah, uh, or, tadpole. And you that's, turned it on its head. Um, uh-huh. and so, like, the, the thin part now, is there's up. there's a girl one, There's a girl right? one named Astra, yeah, there's so here- There's probably an old man one, too. There, there is. His name- okay. Do you wanna- Okay. He's a professor, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh-huh. can you try and guess what his last name is? Cause it's Okay, so great. we've got Cosmo and Astra. Uh, I'll say also his little buddy, his little- Basically, Space Ambrose is Orby. Uh-huh. Orby- <laughs> Do you remember him? He's always got his hat pulled down over his eyes. <laughs> oh, God, I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He's a coward. That's his co- character trait. I gotta love a solid single character trait mm-hmm. for your character. But yeah, now, the let's professor. let's see. Old man, professor. Longbeard. <laughs> professor Longbeard. No, that's no. not um, it. <laughs> It's Professor God, Long I, Facial to, Hair. Okay, we've got Cosmo, Astra, Orby, mm-hmm. and... Space not. See, this is the this. That's a good guess, but this is where Thank it's you. they're just being dicks because it has nothing to do with space or okay. seemingly anything. His, is it Jenkins? No, it's Thimk. What? Professor Thimk, and I'm gonna just with like is that it's T H I M P K? No, it's just Thimk spelled with an M. Thimk. Oh, that's you can't pronounce that in. With our American mouths. I know. It's, it's good that it was never, like, a TV show, right? Because how that you just read it, and you're like, okay, that's... You don't have to worry about pronouncing it out loud. It's one of those things where you just make up a word that doesn't make sense, and you're like, no, it's clearly pronounced this way that I arbitrarily decided. Exactly. It's like every fantasy author like who just, like... Superman guy. Wait, what? Mr. Mixon-Piddleick. Oh, Mr. Mixon-Piddleick, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna that's say, Superman, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's Superman. I was gonna say, it's like every fantasy author who just, like, throws a fuck ton of apostrophes oh, yeah. into a word. Yeah. And they're just like, now it's cool in fantasy. But it's like, you didn't think about the logistics of having to pronounce that with your mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then. I often, when I read fantasy books, don't know who which characters are which because I never take the time to pronounce their names out loud. Oh, yeah. 
And I just read the first, like, three letters of the name, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, because it's just dookie nonsense sometimes. <laughs> it's accurate. Especially, I love, like, I particularly love pulpy old, like, sci-fis from the uh, 70s oh, and yeah. 80s Those for that exact reason. For it. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, like, Prince Pontarian jumped in his hot pond skipping skimmer. And, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and he shot across the moons of Contulius. You know, and just, like, all that nonsense. And honestly, I've got to be honest with you here. Cosmo has got a lot of that going on. Oh, I'm Um, excited to jump into Cosmo's universe. But before we dive too much into the comics themselves, because I do have some uh, summary here for you. Oh, some history. Yeah, but I... I, Exactly. Um, Now, what year was Cosmo introduced? uh, Was it the 80s? No, actually, uh, Cosmo's all the way from 1958 guess that's also when we got into space, huh? Exactly. Um, space was pretty big then. Right. So there was, there's a few reasons <laughs> the for it. Space. <laughs> the idea of space was hot back then. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm like, no, we're so over it now. <laughs> we're just so bored Fuck with space. space. I mean, yeah. we did, like, defund NASA, so you're not totally wrong. Uh, anyway, before we get into any of that fun stuff, let's talk about uh-huh. when we were into space. Um, back in the day. Yeah, back in 1958. It was a six-issue miniseries, um, and it was kind of at a point where comic labels weren't really sure what to do. You know, uh, 1954, mm-hmm. you got the Comics Code Authority, which made it oh, yeah. much harder for... Oh, yeah. It made it much harder to do for anything... or uh, Much harder to do, like, horror comics and, like, right. gore comics and those, comics like... comics are for kids. Exactly. Like, Tales of Suspense and things like that were not okay anymore. Even though this is a weird thing, Comics Code Authority was completely voluntary. Like, it was not a, I guess, like, regulated thing. That makes sense. It, it, it was just basically... But there's probably a bunch of small stores that were like, exactly. well, if you don't comply, I'm not gonna carry your sales. That was precisely the reason. Advertisers and real, like, uh, resellers were just mm-hmm. looking for the Comics Code Authority in a lot of cases. And so that really... They didn't know what comics were. Exactly. That really limited what they could do. And also due to, like, the advent and rising popularity of television, they just kind of were looking for something new. And like yeah. you mentioned, we were kind of in the middle of the space race in 1958. And um, I also wanted to highlight the fact that a year earlier, Sputnik has, was like launched into orbit. We did love Sputnik. Yeah, <laughs> we did love that good Soviet <laughs> spacecraft. <laughs> you said Sputnik, right? Sputnik. That was the one that we launched out of Idaho, if I'm not potatoes. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure Russia has potatoes. I, that's fair. <laughs> vodka's made out of. Oh, and yeah. you know how they love vodka. That's all I know about Russia is vodka. And it's scary there. <laughs> that That's true. It's I, no offense to our Russian listeners. It's scary here, too. It's just the scary. world's too scary right now. Agreed. Um, Let's all go to space. Yes. I'm into space now. Yeah, I'm, I'm all up into space at this point. <laughs> Um, Whoa, you're up into space? Well, I read the Cosmo comics, Megan. What do you think? Okay, (laughs) Gotta get back to Cosmo. I also want to be in space. Okay. Um, But that was really... There was not a lot of info I could find about these. Uh, They were done by... They were all drawn by a guy named Bob White. And there's, like, no info about him online as far that's as I can tell. That's a very generic name. Are we sure that's not the alter ego name of Cosmo when he came to Earth as a human? 
That's not a bad theory, honestly. Because I, I hate like, to keep the... bringing this up, but I did just finish reading Stephen King's <laughs> It. <laughs> you brought this up in so many episodes. But, okay, Pennywise's name was Bob Gray. <laughs> that was one of his alter egos. So, like, Bob White, Bob Gray, maybe. Well, think about uh, Martian Manhunter. When he was human, it was John Jones, John Jones right? But spelled but cool. But with apostrophes or something. Yeah, I think it was yeah. J apostrophe O N N J apostrophe O N Z Z. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but that's really all there was to it. Uh, the main, the writer, I guess, for the main Cosmo series was uh, Seymour Wright. Who, well, he went by the time that Psy, right, S-Y, right. Um, but I didn't realize who that was for a second until I looked into him. And uh, he's just one of the co-creators of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh! So they had a pretty decent writer for their kind of, like, yeah. original uh, run there of comics. And I've got to say it reflects pretty well. And a little bit out there, too. A little, yeah, exactly. Like kind of got... a weird concept, and you're like, okay, I, I can fuck with this. Exactly. You've got other weird little characters in that series, too, like Wendy and Hot Stuff and, like, the Boo Brothers, who are all just... <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, right? So it's like, it's you can kind of see where... devil guy, right? Yep. He was yeah. like a baby devil, um... And that was really his thing. <laughs> now, why didn't Cosmo get a movie like Casper did? I really don't know. That would have been... I would have gone to see the Cosmo movie. Um, but the... Because the, the stories are, like, pretty... They're just, like, space stories, you know? Yeah. They were mainly focused around the fact um, that it was, like, a... I guess, showcase for these, like, larger-than-life characters. And the fact that... They were Martians and not Earthlings. Really gave them another carte blanche. <laughs> they, right. you know, they Archie loves their carte blanches. Up. Yeah, and just to they're like, well, but in this planet, you can do this shit <laughs> exactly. Or they just could have like wild technology that was like light years ahead of ours. This was, you know, that's why Professor Thimp was there. He was the Dilton Lodge of the whole thing. <laughs> like, why did we need one in the space, like alternate? <laughs> you can have stupid Martians, Megan. I don't I know. Guess you so. need the smart one but to have the I fun like jetpacks. <laughs> Why can't jetpacks just be a part of society in this culture? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they need to write in a Dilton? I I don't know. They just wanted that fun dynamic, you know. It is a fun dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, like I said, there is like you got those main characters. You got Cosmo. You got Orby. You got Astra, and you got Professor Thin. Cosmo was. <laughs> He wasn't quite an Archie, but he filled very much that role of being, like... He's kind of, like, God's gift to Martians. Like, everybody loves oh, him. You know, yeah. he's, like, the captain of this spaceship. Um, and then you've got Orby, who just sucks. Um, like I said, he's Space Ambrose, complete with... You know how we feel about <laughs> Exactly. Complete with hat over eyes. Um, you've got Cosmo's girlfriend, Astra... That's her character. Um, mm -hmm. She is his girlfriend. She's got legs that go all the way up. Not to oh. mention a miniskirt. Um, well, yes. And, like, I just am so annoyed by their depiction of Astra in comparison to the normal Martians. Because every dude <laughs> Martian is basically, like, a turnip. Like, <laughs> like, literally the mayor of Mars. I love that they have a mayor. Not a president <laughs> or a king. It's a mayor. <laughs> 
<laughs> the mayor of Mars well, is literally you know. like a turnip with a beard dressed in a circus tent. <laughs> Jesus. Dressed in a circus tent. And fucking Astro's got like shapely woman legs that are really oh weird. He <laughs> got just in case you don't get that she's a girl, she's got a V-neck dress skirt combo and a bob haircut. Oh my god. So it's just they just really need to make sure you get it. Um, and then Professor Thimp, like I said, he's like the old wizened turnip. Does he have a cane? He doesn't have a cane, but he does have like a long Gandalf beard. Um, okay. Very like wisp. And he's got like eye wrinkles, just so you know he's an old man. Um, yeah. And so I read through all six of the. Not read through. I didn't fully read these. I like. Mostly read these, um, yeah. but I read through all six issues of this original 1958 miniseries, and it's a magical slice of the world. Well, of space, Megan. Um, but well, yes, I would agree I think with Mars is still a world, right? I guess I did say the. You world. did say the world, um, but uh, yes, right. it is a magical slice of space. Um, and I will point out, too, that every story ends in a cliffhanger. And, like, literally... Including the last including one? Including the last one. No! Um, which was kind of a bummer. I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Now we've got to go on a hunt for the lost cosmos. The lost cosmos. Ooh, that would be a good one. That, that'll be our, right like, serial-style podcast where we track down Bob White and Seymour Wright and say, well, <laughs> yes. where are the missing files? Please. You know, yeah. You have to tell us. Exactly. Um, there's some storyboards somewhere. There's gotta be, right? Well, uh, okay, we'll get into that later, because actually Cosmo, that was not the end of Cosmo, but... Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, please continue. Yes, so the the main, like, thrust of these six stories, or six issues, rather, it's multiple stories, is that they're just kind of like, I don't know, they're just like going around to different planets within our solar system, and I think a lot of it was a way for them to teach and i say that lightly but teach about <laughs> space um yeah every time they're about to go to a new planet if professor thimk was with them because he doesn't start out with them but by the time the series is about two issues in professor thimk has joined the crew and every time they're going to a new planet he like kind of gives a little dissertation for a panel about that planet mm -hmm. just to be like oh it's you know this is saturn and shit like that well, um, we gotta learn about Saturn somehow. Although, I will say it's not really uh, educational, because, again, 1958, and at one point he says, we don't even know what the rings are made of. So it's like, well, that's cool, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. Um, but they start out by trying to come to Earth, but they fuck that up on their way. And I should say, too, this is just Orbi and Cosmo leaving Mars. This is the original crew. And okay. uh, the two... <laughs> on their way they show them in the spaceship like taking off and instead of having like chairs or like a cockpit they're just literally both of them strapped down to tables like like what? they're mental patients oh my god like that's are, are they the only ones there yeah they get out how do they get strapped and unstrapped i don't know i mean presumably oh. they strap them and then they like leave the rocket right but then once the rocket takes off, I don't know how they get out, but they do. Yeah. And so on their Weird. way, I think they get hit by a meteor. 
um, which I think it would actually be an asteroid because this is no meteor. Like it only is when it enters Earth orbit. It doesn't matter. Um, but they get hit by a meteor. They lose all their fuel and end up on the moon. And they're like getting like the outside of the spaceship is getting like all punched, and they're like, "Oh no, there's something out there," and it's the Oogs who are the the moon oh, no. the moon men. Um, not the not the Oogs. <laughs> yes, um, and they're basically they all look the same. Like literally, they're just little spheres with arms and legs um, that are all different colors and stuff. They look kind of like Pac Man with a big schnoz. Okay, um, it's real creative character design. Yeah. And they're all named Oog. Um, they're all, like, cowards. Are they a collective hive mind? Well, kind of, and also not. It's they, They're weird. Like, so their okay. whole thing is that they're all cowards, and they're proud of it. And they're also always arguing. Like, they love to argue. And they're just, like, constantly getting fights over, like, who's weird. the smartest, who's the coolest, who's the most cowardly. Like, weird stuff. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so there's the Oogs, and they basically say that they're always going to Earth all the time, um, but they're they're invisible to us, I guess. So okay, you sure. may have encountered an Oog, Megan, and you just didn't well, know there it. might be one in my house right now. Maybe that's what Archie is. Maybe that's what my cat's staring at. There we, that would make sense, actually. Uh, yeah. They also live inside the moon, just so to explain well, why we can't course. see them. Um, Why we don't just see them on the surface of the moon all the time. Exactly. Uh, They have, like, a fun panel where it's, like, a weird bad map of the inside of the moon. (laughs) And it's just, like, different little circles with, like, drawing, you know, like... Uh, Yeah. The kitchen. And there's, like, a sink in there. And then, like, a single line connecting it to, like, the garage. And stuff like that. (laughs) Um, They then turn Cosmo and Orby invisible by blowing stardust on them i think something well, like that well yes of course stardust <laughs> they are like moon dust and that turns them invisible and then they take them to earth and they're like this is earth we go there all the time and you know it's totally fun we just mess around and then they all have <sighs> some stupid adventures i think orby like yeah. literally tr- takes popcorn from a man's hands at a baseball game while he's okay. invisible and the dude's like <laughs> my popcorn's just floating away <laughs> it's like in the middle of the baseball field and Cosmo's like what are you doing and he's like oh no um, oh my god yeah. and so they really just go all sorts of weird wild adventures Kooky? yeah exactly um, and one of them they make friends with the gillywump um, oh no which just seems to be like the Oogs are all scared of this monster that lives on the dark side of the moon, and mm-hmm. it's making this noise that's written as gronk, which doesn't sound that scary, but I don't know. Is it, like, really loud? Well, yeah, it's big, and I guess if you don't know what's making it, it might be scary. Um, Can you imagine you, like, get up to get a glass of water at night, and you just hear, gronk! <laughs> okay, that, you know what? That's gronk! fair. <laughs> like coming from outside your window but it's still oh too God. close yeah 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 um you it, know if you lift the curtains you'll see what's making that sound but you can't you can like see the silhouette on the other oh side God. and it's just like a sphere because it turns out that the gillywump is just an oog with a really big nose it seems like okay is it the same size as the other oogs basically 
Yeah, it's so, its nose is bigger and wrapped extremely in... Extremely threatening. Yes. I feel yeah. like if there was a person that just had a slightly larger nose, and then you were like, ah! <laughs> Honestly, right? It's like you meet Gerard Depardieu, and you're like, a monster! You know? <laughs> that would be so rude. It really would. He's He is a celebrated French actor, sir. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Who is the sir you're talking to? Is whoever it got oob? scared of Gerard Depardieu? I don't know. <laughs> Who's, I don't know. Yeah, the the oogs, I guess. Because um, yeah. they're really Fuck scared them. of the the gillywump, but they've never gone to the dark side of the moon. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, Cosmo and Orby, they go there. They're like, oh, it's just this guy, and he's just got a cold. That's the... Oh, um, my God. And so he ends up on Earth, and then they save him. And then he saves them. It's really stupid. Um, Sounds like it. Sounds like a riveting and wacky tale of adventure. <laughs> yeah. The one, I actually did encounter the one that you and I, I think, had read. It was um, when Thimk and Astra show up on the moon to rescue Cosmo and what's his name? Orby. And then they end up going to Venus and there's these giants. Yeah. The giant Venusians. I don't know how they say it. (sighs) Um, there's a second part to this story that we had never read though. Of course. Um, where, yeah. So they go to Venus. There's these giants, blah, blah, blah. The giants Mm -hmm. are friendly. Orby does pull some, like, I guess no star Wars pulls some Orby shit where he (laughs) like short circuits and they think he's a God, you know? And so that's how they escape. But then there's a second part where the giants take all of the Martians to their queen. What? Who is just a shapely woman. Like, (laughs) it's just, she's in like a singlet, you know, like a space singlet. Like they've always got like with the big shoulders and a belt. (laughs) Yeah. And she's got a little like a... a tiara crown I, I don't know it's kind of like a crown and she yeah. just like says one of you will marry me and Astra's what? really upset um, Astra should marry her no no I, she's upset because she thinks that Cosmo is oh she into means her. Cosmo or Orby should what or them or one of the oogs I guess but then she picks oh, I Cosmo there were all the oogs with, well of course There's, she does yeah of course right who else um, and then this is when some of the carte blanche from Professor Thimp comes into play, because he's just like, I have my rocket packs. Well, you know, you don't leave home without a couple of rocket packs. I keep at least one in my trunk, or at least I try to. Um, yeah. but of course, there's like a two-page sequence where it's just Orby <laughs> fucking up his rocket pack. Oh, And God. then, like, Professor Thimp needs to literally, like, run into him to make him stop. It's just... Like, it's just kibitzing for, like, two pages. Mm. Um, they escape. And then they go to Saturn, and they bounce off of the ring because they find out that it's made of foam. <laughs> like, rubber foam, I think they call it. Which, I don't know oh, if that's God. even a thing. Um, all the people on Saturn are big vegetables. Orby eats gumdrops <laughs> from a tree and becomes really tiny. And then he what? ends up on one of... Uh, he ends up on the ring, and then he eats a different gumdrop from the same tree, and he gets really big. Now, what is this tree? It's a gumdrop tree. And they have multiple effects 
status effects yeah. on the same tree. So it's like the red and I think it's like red and green are the two colors, and one makes this you is tiny. Absurd. I know. It, it's not like we're talking about cookies and potions here, people. They're the same tree, you know? I guess it's like when you graft an apple tree together. You can have different species of apples on the same tree. I guess, yeah. It, they grafted these gum trees together. But it's not like, you know, you eat one apple and then you, like, get really <laughs> tired and then the other, like, makes you really fast. Like, it's just still an apple. It just, like, tastes slightly different. I don't know. I <laughs> So <laughs> you're, you're questioning... The ability of a gumdrop to give you abilities. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And I'm questioning the ability for a tree to have no. different gumdrops on it. Incorrect. Well, maybe that's what you're questioning. But my, what I'm, are you questioning? I'm questioning, I'm questioning the fact that it's two different abilities, you know? Maybe mm -hmm. if they were different colors of gumdrops that did the same thing. But like you said, it's two different status effects. It's like, to abstract it a little bit more, it's like if you had a tree in Pokemon that grew... Pecha berries and person berries, and it's like you can't cure sleep <laughs> and paralysis. Come on, you know. Uh, <laughs> so really, this whole concept is poorly thought out. Uh, I mean, Cosmo. Why would Saturn have what are essentially giant carrots? <laughs> Sentient carrots. Oh, I also got to mention the reason that the ring is foam. Do you want to? Do you want to hear why the ring is foam? Because it's tell a... me why the ring is foam. <laughs> the set Saturnians. Uh, made it to <laughs> to protect it's a bumper so that when one oh, of Saturn's nine moons falls when the moons fall Megan then they uh -huh. use the ring to knock them back into space oh my god there's so much wrong with the strategy <laughs> it's like it's wild they've got like a little control room on saturn where they're like we knock the planets or the moons into space if they fall can you imagine the repercussions of if this was a real thing i know like also how are you controlling the ring from the planet like do you have big like robot arms moving it around are you controlling the gravity it's real wild. Um, they have such high levels of control. I guess that's why they're able to have these magic trees. That's I. That's fair. <laughs> Actually, they also have um, flying saucers, which they are like. Well, they're more like vegetable platters, which is not a joke. Because ah! um, you know how everyone's talking about vegetable platters all the time. <laughs> Um, it's topical. <laughs> it's topical. Um, they end up going back to Mars. Uh, the Saturnians take them back in their vegetable platters, I guess. I don't know why <laughs> Orbi and Cosmo and their ship keeps breaking, but it yeah, does. Yeah, this was 58, so do we also get some of those like gelatin-based dishes that were so popular? No, we didn't, unfortunately. Damn the it. The aspics, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's well, like, maybe... clam and tomato aspic. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> uh, it's just a party of, it's just an aspic party. Come on, bring your friends. Even the Maybe alcohol the is in an aspect. Maybe have, they're, uh, there you go. They're all aspic based. <laughs> they're just like big aspic aliens with like ray guns and googly eyes. They go to Pluto. See, that just sounds like a far side comic people. now. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, they make they make it back to Mars, um, and they are basically showing off. This is when you see the mayor of Mars, um, and they're basically. <laughs> 
showing off to because for some reason the Saturnians come with them. Like some of them, well, I think. Of course. I think there's a cabbage, and a carrot, and maybe one other. Oh, there's a good joke when they're on Saturn. And they're looking through a telescope, and they're like, get the potato to look, he has the best eyes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, there's like a carrot and a potato with them, or a head of cabbage, and then there's some oogs, and they're on Mars, and they're showing off. They're like, oh, we've got these moving space or space sidewalks. They look like canals <laughs> from space. So it's like, oh, ha, 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 that's why they're uh, I see. canals on Mars. They're just, they're Hilarious. moving sidewalks. Um, yep, yep. And then they get back to their hotel, um, and they literally get shot at through the window while they're relaxing. <laughs> I know. While they're relaxing in their hotel. Um, well, it turns out that it's by Professor Beatnik. Um, oh, Jesus. Literally spelled exactly the way you're thinking. Um, okay. And it's like, okay, so I guess they're just dunking on Beatniks for no reason right now. That's cool. <laughs> I just hate Beatniks. Just hating on the Beatniks. But I also just need to mention the fact that these bullets or whatever are like, it's not just bullets. It's like a weird array of projectiles. There's like what look like mines and torpedoes and screws and like cannonballs. It's very strange. It's just anything they had in the room it with an arm's reach, I guess. Seems like it. Um, but Dr. Beatnik is like this. He just <laughs> Why looks- is he a Dr. Beatnik? <laughs> He's the crazy scientist, Megan. Um, he's he's got like a purple and white striped uh, spacesuit with like a big big collar, like a Dracula kind of thing. Uh, and he's got like a crazy. So he looks like a mashup of a Dracula sp- scientist and a wizard. Like he's got like a, oh, a conical hat with like stars and moons on it, and like a big beard. But not this like a long beard. That's not what I picture when I think of a beatnik. I know, right? I don't know why, why it's beatnik. It doesn't make any sense. Where's his turtleneck? <laughs> he does have stripes, though, so I guess they tried, right? Um, yeah. You know, Do beatniks wear stripes? I, I always picture beatniks, like, you know, at a drum circle with, like, one of those blue and white striped, like, long sleeves kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, no, are you thinking of mimes? <laughs> no, I'm not thinking of mimes. My my pr- all ultimate uh, example of beatnik is from The Simpsons when he's like, "How now, brown bureaucrat?" And yeah, Homer's in doing the Doctor Strange love thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good stuff. Don't forget Ned Flanders' parents. Oh my God, I forgot. Wasn't his dad wearing stripes? I don't remember. I, I feel thought like they his had dad. black turtlenecks on. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I um, always picture a black turtleneck and a little beret. See, now that just makes me think of Yoko Ono. But we're, we're getting off the point here. That's right. This isn't our Yoko Ono fan cast. No, we're reserving that for every which way but Beatles are <laughs> Beatles fan cast. <laughs> yep. Um, and, um, yeah. Anyway, back to the real beatnik in question. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason Dr. Beatnik. I don't necessarily know why he shot at them because he seemed to just, you know, like <laughs> he flies up to their hotel room in a scoot mobile, um, <laughs> which it seems to be like a hula hoop with a propeller and wheels on it. Um, okay. And he just kind of flies up to let them know. Oh, I see. His his guns went off by accident. And so he flies up to let them know what? that he's going to invade Earth. Um, what? 
and they're like, why are you doing that? And he's like, they're going to bring all these terrible things once they get up to Mars. I mean, that's probably true. Uh, so here, you want to hear the terrible things he lists? That, oh, no. Yeah. Tell me. If Earthlings come to Mars, they'll bring income taxes and rock and roll. What the fuck? They'll also bring crowded subways and mother-in-law jokes. <laughs> and TV westerns. And worst of all, they'll bring sob singing commercials. I don't understand who they're trying to emulate with this list of things they don't like i know right like what is this is this character supposed to be an allegory or is he literally just like some weird goofball who doesn't like humans like i don't get if they're trying to make a point it seems like that list is supposed to be targeted but maybe they were just like what's another funny thing mother-in-law jokes (laughs) right are these things that were like the beatniks were targeting in the 50s or are these things that just like people were but the income taxes and rock and roll both being disliked seems weird the rock and roll is what really confused me you know like you'd think that's always the shit right like they're always like yeah bring your rock and roll to space there's so many like weird operas about space like rock and roll in space i feel like yeah um but no they don't want it so he Gets away, and he's just gathering his space army to attack Earth. Um, And they decide to stop him. They do it in... uh, Oh my god. Their, like, pursuit is the wildest thing. They get out. The gillywump helps them get out, because he's with them. Of course. Um, And then they chase after him, and they're they're flying saucers. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Beatnik executes Plan XYZ... Which, I don't know why it's not just, like, plan A or plan B. He actually cycled through (laughs) all two-letter and single-letter combinations, and now he's... Yeah, and he's just that out of plans at this point. Yeah, he's really running low on plans. Um, But they decide to shoot them a bunch with taffy. Um, Oh, Jesus. They use shells filled with saltwater taffy. Um, And then the professor... does Mars have salt water then? (laughs) I guess, actually. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, but then the professor blasts it away with his blasto heater. Um, mm-hmm. But then, this is my favorite one, is that the professor, or I'm sorry, Dr. Beatnik and his space army just shoot, <laughs> He just shoots a ton of bricks at them, which it's like, oh, God. well, hang on. He's not u- <laughs> shooting the bricks like to try to hit them. He's using shooting the bricks to build a wall in space. What? And so there's just this big wall between them. <laughs> and I'm reading this and I'm like, well, they can just fly around. And so they they turn around and they're like, we'll make a wide loop. And then they go back and they're like, oh no, there's another wall. <laughs> what? And then the next what is panel, this insane brick machine. The next panel, he's just built a box around them. <laughs> In space, made of bricks, <laughs> and then they get, they're like in this brick box in space. Oh <laughs> and, my god, and, they and they're trapped, out. and they all die there? Well, Astra's like, I don't understand, how come this doesn't fall down? And then the <laughs> professor just says, because there's no gravity, and then that's what? it. It's like as much explanation as they go into. 
Um, I like how Astra's someone that's like, oh, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> then everyone's like panicking, but thankfully, fucking, like, this was apparently a non-existent roadblock because the professor just shoots an atomic saw. Uh, what? Which just seems to be, like, literally, it's a rifle that shoots a saw blade, apparently. Um, and it, That's intense. Yeah, it's wild. But like a table saw, not like a, or not a table saw. Like you know, like a circular saw? No, um, I guess it is a table saw. I don't know, like carpenter's saw, like the long ones with the wooden handle. It's just I, oh. a stereotypical saw when you think of a saw, yeah. you know? Like a hand saw. I guess, yeah. I don't know quite what that's called. But he shoots that and it's remote controlled and it cuts a hole in the brick exactly the shape of all their UFOs. Or whatever. Um, Of course. And so they fly after him, and then there's this zany scene where they're chasing Dr. Beatnik. um, And apparently, they fire a barrage of buttermilk. um, And then Beatnik comes back with a blanket of purple fog. Um, What are all these different weapons they have? Like, they don't use the same weapon twice ever. I mean, Megan... It totally makes sense to shoot Dr. Beatnik with a rain of lychee nuts. <laughs> oh no, is that something they do? Yeah, they shoot a rain of lychee nuts. Well, but Beatnik comes right back with a salvo of cream cheese. Why do they have all these food guns? I, it's real wild, right? And shit like buttermilk? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, why is it these specific foods? Like, why buttermilk? Is that particularly that's like... so weird. Because I feel like they just chose buttermilk because when you think of buttermilk, you think of something that's, like, quite thick. But it's, like, it's still a liquid. It's just a bit thick. It's not like cream cheese, you know? But but that's also weird. Well, the cream cheese is very strange. I just want to know why they chose lychee nuts. Like, this is America in 1958. Was everyone hot for lychee nuts in 58? Apparently they were. I guess. But... I mean, the professor ends up beating him by just freezing them in a solid block in space. Um, And then they die. No, they're still alive. Um, They're really avoiding a lot here. They show the professor and Dr. Beatnik speaking, uh, like on the radio. And while Dr. Beatnik is speaking, he's also frozen in a block of ice. Oh my god. Um, So that's fun. And then (laughs) they... So the, the... cliffhanger that they leave us on because this is really the end of the original cosmo the cliffhanger they Uh end us on is they're heading to planet earth and then that's it yeah which it's just like all right come on man that's what we were waiting for this whole time like they went to earth a couple times but it was always like in distress like they never got to actually like do anything yeah they didn't get to chill exactly hang out with archie and sabrina right exactly i will say though um, I mentioned that that wasn't the end of Cosmo, um, yeah, because tell me more. he had a few other appearances um, in the like late or I guess early 2010s, uh, 2014. What? Yeah, I know. Um, That's weird. It was a pretty wild looking Cosmo. Um, yeah. It was uh, Fernando Ruiz, but it's a pretty wild looking uh, Cosmo because it's that er- like I don't know. He's just got huge teeth. Um, it's very upsetting. But there's, like, a couple stories where he and Archie and Jughead have these kind of, like, wackadoo adventures. Um, I think it starts with he literally, like, crash lands and Archie fixes his 
flying saucer for him. And in exchange, he takes them into space to have adventures. Wait, who fixes his flying saucer? Yeah, Archie. Archie, who can't fix fucking anything? Yeah. Yeah, it's real weird. Um, But he fixes it, I guess. And then they do a very heavy-handed parody of the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which is the good guys (laughs) of the galaxy. Okay. Um, And you've got Cosmo, obviously. But then you've also Mm -hmm. got... uh, Super Duck, who is the Rocket Raccoon. You've got Captain Sprocket, who seems to be the, like, Star-Lord, although it's hard to tell. Um, yeah. And you've also got Captain Pumpernick, who's just a vampire okay. in space. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also chomping on Vampirella's flavor, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's true. And then you've got Catgirl, who just looks exactly like Betty, um, but is a cat? Well, not even. Like, she's got a tail and like claws. And the way they introduce her is they like get to this diner at the center of the universe. Again, chomp like referencing Adam, or Douglas Adams. Um, mm-hmm. And then she like literally is flipping through the air and saying, "I'm a cat girl, a super athlete, and master of every alien martial art." Trail oh. and she's trailed by hearts, and then she lands next to Archie and is like loving on him so immediately in love with archie very weird and the story really focuses on them going to stop this uh evil queen named hacha the hottie and she's gained control of the miracle mitten which is you know the infinity gauntlet michigan oh <laughs> i like that though um yeah. and she leads the cosmic cuties um and they go to visit her and she's floating in a giant asteroid that looks like her head which I feel like is also kind of referencing nowhere, that planet that's in, or the, like, space base that's in a dead god's head or whatever in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they get captured, they end up, you know, Catgirl ends up rescuing them, but not before. There's a really upsetting panel where Catgirl, like, hops in and she... Mentions basically that she's Archie's girlfriend, which I guess is established what? now. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Um, and then Hacha the hottie who was going to take Archie for her boy, her new boyfriend. Not king, boyfriend. Well, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to settle down. She gets Not real upset Archie. and does something, yeah, honestly, does something with the miracle mitten. But what they show her doing in this one panel is it's like, she's like setting Archie's skeleton on fire. Oh my god. Like, it's really upsetting. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm just gonna have to send you a screenshot. Yeah, we'll Um, post that We'll definitely post this one, because it's just too wild for people not to see. Um, But then it turns him into this giant, weird turtle monster, uh, which comes into play for about three (laughs) seconds before... (laughs) Jughead gets the miracle mitten from Catgirl, who takes it from Hacha the Hottie, and then Jughead just immediately turns Archie back to normal. So there's that. And then, oh, and then Jughead turns the miracle mitten into a burger and eats it. Okay, I'm looking at this image you've sent me, and fuck, dude. Like I said, skeleton on fire. This is extremely upsetting. Yeah. Um, but that's really, like, the the only good new Cosmo adventure of, like, the, the Cosmo as we knew him, you know, the kind of spermy-looking Cosmo. <laughs> yes. Um, but they did bring him back a couple years ago, 2018, for his own huh. rebooted six-issue miniseries. 
Um, and I read only the first issue of it. And I gotta say, I legitimately liked it. I think really? I'm gonna go on and read the next five issues just for the heck of it. Because it's got this really great, like, kind of Mega Man Astro Boy vibe. Um, not only in the art style, but just kind of in, like, the humor and the... I don't know. They, wow. they also update all the characters. So Astra is, like, the pilot of the ship. Like, she is... Well, that's good. Yeah. There's a point where... It's not just, like, a pair of legs. Exactly. And um, they all look a little bit less terrifying. I mean, you look at the new Cosmo. He straight up looks like Mega Man and Astro Boy were kind of blended together. Um, Orby <laughs> nice. has, like, kind of more of a cool look with... He's still kind of, like, a goofy coward, but not as much so. Um, the Professor Thimp is profet- uh, replaced by, I believe, Professor... I don't know if they say. Professor Mindula. Um, like... Oh, so a word you can say. <laughs> exactly. Um, and there was a, like, dog side character that was Orbeez that I never mentioned because he never does anything. He just looks like a dog in one of their little space hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also gets reworked into a kind of cool-looking space wolf. Wow. Um... But yeah, it... So skip the original run and pick up the reboot. Honestly, I would recommend checking it out. Um, Because it's also fun the way they introduce these characters. They don't just have you come in, like, in media res of Cosmo and all the Merry Martians or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're introduced from... um, You're introduced to them by Professor... Or Captain Max Strongjaw, who's, who's a human astronaut whose ship is all fucked up, and oh, no. um, he gets kind of, swe- uh, I guess, taken aboard by Cosmo. Um, yeah. He also has a really good line right in the beginning. He says, it's cold, dark, and even my iron will is starting to fold, like, not iron stuff. Which is, <laughs> like, it's good. The classic line we yeah. all know. It's really fun. Um, and then he... Yeah, it's, it's just a good little uh, series that I would actually recommend checking out. Um, I It leaves on a good cliffhanger. It seems like the Oogs are terrifying monsters in this one, um, which I would be interested in seeing a difference. But yeah, yeah, so that is, as far as I can tell, everything there's been of Cosmo. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm glad we got to visit Mars today. Oh, yeah. And Saturn and Venus. Earth isn't awesome right now. It's not great. <laughs> if I could visit another planet right now, I definitely would. Now's the time. Mm-hmm. But, what a fun little romp. Yeah. It's like, they're honestly good little comics. Even the old ones are worth checking out just because of the... It's like an old, uh, old episode of 60s Batman. Like, it's just camp. Yeah. You know, it's goofy. There's, like, jokes where... They're in a cave, and it's all foggy, and then the fog clears, and Orby's standing on the ceiling, and <laughs> Professor, <laughs> Professor Thimp is like, Orby, stop that. It's impossible. And he's like, now you tell me. <laughs> it's like, oh okay, that's God. actually kind of funny. So goofy. Exactly. Goofy old school. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. But, so, like I said, we got in our mention of Archie as well, so thankfully. Yes, and I actually did want to mention something unrelated before we wrap this oh, episode please up. So you remember a few episodes ago we talked about Mr. Lodge's reality show, The Assistant? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do remember Based that. on, of course, The Apprentice mm-hmm. and starring him deciding which of the Riverdale teens would be his assistant. Yes. Now, I was reading some Archie comics the other day, 
mm-hmm. and I came across another Veronica comic. Okay. About Mr. Lodge having a show that is called The Assistant oh that's based on so <laughs> I was like having weird deja vu like okay, yeah, I, I was this is say. different but not the same uh, wow. this one is Mr. Lodge watching that show and then he's like who thinks up this stuff tycoon television shows and Veronica's <laughs> like you should have your own show oh my god and he's like what do you mean and then the rest of the comic is a fantasy he's having about what? having his own show <laughs> And it's basically exactly the same. Really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Because it's him being like, your first task is to go get me something for lunch from a deli. And the contestants in his fantasy are Archie, Reggie, Moose, and Nancy. Can't he fantasize about better contestants? And then he fires Reggie for bringing him a tongue sandwich. What the fuck? Uh, Seems like something then... he'd be into, though. Old <laughs> yeah. Well, Reggie says, uh, you warned me not to give you any lips, so I brought you tongue. Ha ha ha. Jesus fuck, Reggie. Like, you can't even turn it off for a game show? He says, it's a joke, sir. And then Mr. Lodge says, so are you, Reggie. Whoa. You're fired. Whoa. That's wild. Yeah. I also love the idea that Reggie's like, it's a joke. I didn't actually think you'd eat your lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man. And then uh, Nancy brings tuna salad and Archie brings some chicken soup. And he's like, both are good choices. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. And then I guess Moose is on a plane to India because he misunderstood the task. What? And so he calls Moose on the plane and fires him. What? What did he think Archie... he said? <laughs> I don't know. What is that misunderstanding? I didn't actually catch that part the first time. Wow. Oh, I see. He says, your first task is to go to a new deli oh, and buy me God. something smart for lunch. A new so deli. So I guess Moose just wow, they really instantly boarded a plane. One. Yeah. If... Then Archie spills soup on his important contracts. <laughs> And then he wakes up from his fantasy to Veronica being like, look, Archie came over for lunch. Oh, boy. And then he says, Archie, you're fired. Oh, God. As Archie and Veronica look on in puzzlement. Yeah, I'm sure they've got that kind of like, oh, look on their face. Yeah, so I just thought you would want to know no, I'm... that we had multiple <laughs> comics about this idea that Mr. Lodge have a apprentice type show. Based entirely around hiring a teenager to be his assistant. It's so good. I mean, I love that they're completely, <laughs> like, independent of each other, too. Like, I want to know which one came first. Right? Like, I feel like this one probably came first because the whole show wasn't as fleshed out, but who knows? It's, I don't know, honestly. It could be they came out, like, the same day, honestly. Like, two people working <laughs> really? completely independently. Mr. Lodge should get some better things to do with his fantasies. Honestly, and just like Like, at least fantasize about being a king or something, (laughs) I don't know. And also, if you're gonna have a fantasy about a fun TV show with, like, focused around people doing shit for you, stop having it be the people you hate the most. (laughs) I know! Yeah, Nancy is okay, and I'm sure he doesn't have any beef with Moose, but he does not like Reggie or Archie. Why would those be the kids anyways? (laughs) Like, he likes Betty. (laughs) Yeah! Betty's not in this one. Yeah. I mean, that's like the one teenager in Riverdale I can really think of him like liking, apart from his daughter. 
Well, like Dilton. Okay, yeah. I feel like he could fantasize about Dilton inventing him some, like, a lunch machine. I don't know. Yeah. I really wish you'd just Mr. Lodge, and your just fantasies say, are really lacking. <laughs> have some better imagination. I, you could do more here. I was really hoping you would have just said, he could just fantasize about Dilton and just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of Mr. Yeah. Oh, we all know he already does mm-hmm. that. Just his compact little body. Oh God, stop! Okay. I can't. We'll call it there. <laughs> it's uh, it's but we've gone a little bit over after all, so yes. we can start uh, walking us out. We sure can. Um, but yeah, as always, you can find us on various site places around the internet. Uh, everything is on our website, which is rhsavclub.com. Uh, that includes links to our Twitter and our Instagram and our Facebook group, as well as... All our social media. Yes. Yes. Sorry, my cat just bit my hand. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, trying to pull up the email address so I don't say it wrong again. Well, yeah, that's the... Because, of course, our email address is Club at gmail.com. That's correct. That's the only thing that's not on our uh, website yet. Yes. We'll get it up so there. So email us. DM us, or just tell a friend you like us. Yeah. Maybe they'll like us too. Let them know about the fantastic escapades of Cosmo the Merry Martian, or the fact that Mr. Lodge is so uninspired that he can't <laughs> even think of more teens than that. Um, gotta worry about him. I, he's, he's got some... I feel like there's this is getting heavy into some Fred Andrews territory, but maybe he's got uh, like a degenerative disease? Oh no. I don't know. Let's, that's a theory well, for another that positive time. Note. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> go look at Archie getting his skeleton set on fire and forget all about yes. that. Um, mm-hmm. but what it, we'd all like to do to Archie, <laughs> yeah, on, on occasion. It seems and what like Mr. Lodge certainly would like to do to Archie. It's probably one of one of his fantasies. Um, I'm sure one of his early ones, maybe. But yeah, I think that's really all we have time to kibitz about. Um, After all, this has been the Riverdale High AV Club. I've been Ezra. And I've been Megan. And we'll see you at the Chocolate Shop. Bye! Bye! I'm just going to hold my coffee. I'm not going to put it on my sock.